Hello, and welcome to today's issue of Chapter by Chapter for Eye of the World. I am your host, Will Cowan, and with me, like always, is Mr. Steve Haynes. How you doing over there, Steve? I'm doing mighty fine. We're wrapping up this week with Chapter 10, Leave Taking. Yeah, yeah, and I love the fact that we're la- we're uh, we're wrapping this week up on this chapter because this is kind of like this is the start of the this is the start of the journey here. This is where everything is ready to go. This is this is when you this is leaving your hometown. This is when you leave the hometown of the RPG and you get like a new sword that everyone's been telling you isn't magic, but it probably is. That oh, this old thing. This this old thing? I don't know about this sword, man. Yeah, we're we're getting ready to set off into the world, but before everything has to be done, uh we we got to get our horses ready, we got to get our friends together, and then we can go. And that's basically what this chapter is all about. It's about getting horses ready and getting your friends Get your together. horses in the back, everyone. <laughs> get your horses ready. So, the chapter kind of opens up with uh Matt, Perrin, and Ran and Lan in the stable and they're getting ready for the journey. Lan has told Perrin to go like, I think it was Perrin or Matt. I'm not entirely sure. Um, to go around the stable and just like make sure that no- nobody's there. And Perrin comes back and we're like, we're good. We're ready. We're ready to go. And uh, they they start talking about uh, who they've told that they're going to be going on this adventure or going on this journey because they can't be telling other, they can't be telling too many people. But it comes to like that Ran told his dad, which we saw in the chapter before. He's like, I'm going to go on this quest, yada, yada, yada. And like, everybody's like, don't do that. We left notes so that people can find out, like, where are we gone to tomorrow. But, like, don't tell people where we're going. Like, you, can't, like, you can kind of give it away. Or, like, you can leave a clue. Yeah. You know? <laughs> breadcrumbs. Little, little breadcrumbs. But, like, they're being hunted. They're being hunted by, like, supernatural beings from, from the hell dimension. Yeah, and half animal people. Half animal people. And you you can't just go around telling people where you're going to be going. Anyways. As ha- this is the part where they're also putting together their RPG party. <laughs> and they're, they're, you know, they're saying, like, Rand's like, well, I got this sword. Yeah. And Matt's like, I got a bow. Yeah. And then Perrin's like, and my axe. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. Uh, I love that. The, the, the kind of, like... It is kind of video gamey in a way, but it's uh you know, it's well, it's because I mean fantasy RPGs are I mean they're they're books, fantasy books are the groundwork. Oh, absolutely. Obviously. Absolutely. And like I think it's just easier to tell who's doing what uh if you can kind of assign weapons or certain traits to each of these characters in uh in, in, at the start of the journey. So like Matt having a bow and Perrin having an axe like like you said kind of makes it a little bit easier to keep track of everything that's going on. But as they're, ha- as they're having this conversation, Egwene, like, materializes. She's like, hey! Yeah. And she's she just like, pops out of nowhere. She just pops out of nowhere, and she's like, what it's are you doing? Star Trek. You, I know where you guys are going somewhere, and I want to be a part of it. And the guys are just basically like, no. And she's like, I noticed you didn't have a teleporting mage. Yeah. In your party. <laughs> And uh, she just, she's ready. She's she wants to come with, and the guys are just kind of like, no, we don't want you. And then Maureen shows up, and she's like, well, it's. She keeps saying this line in this chapter where it's like, it's written in the fabric of the pattern, like it's in the pattern now. Yeah, which I'm going to start applying to daily life. 
Yeah, it's in the pattern. You anytime somebody questions anything that I do and says, "Why did you do that?" I'll just say, "Listen, it's in, it's in the fabric of the pattern." And they'll just look at you, stare them <laughs> blank <laughs> in the eyes. <laughs> they'll just look at you, just so confused, and then you walk away. And then you just walk away. It'll get you at anything, really. <laughs> You're just a real dick to somebody at a bar, and the bouncer comes up to you. He's like, "What's the deal? It's in the pattern." And you walk away. You get yeah. away with anything. Get away he'll with murder. Not, he, he'll he'll knock you out though. Don't try. That. Oh yeah, he'll he'll fuck you up. Uh, so Moraine says it's in the pattern, and kind of like as she's saying it, the Gleeman shows up because he was sleeping in the stable or hiding in the stable. I think he was sleeping in the stable and like the top. As a Gleeman does. As a Gleeman does, I, <laughs> kind of like. Uh, he's a traveler, you know. Like he's he he makes do with what he's got. He's taking it easy. He's taking a snooze. He's taking a snooze, and uh, but it just goes to show that Perrin did not check the stable very well. Lan more or less berates him for being a dumbass. Yeah, he's not happy that he is the dwarf in his party. <laughs> so he's not a dwarf. He just has an axe. <laughs> um. They, uh, and Gleeman's like, hey, if you guys are going, I'm a guy. I noticed that you don't have a bard in your party. Yeah, you guys want a bard in your party? Look, I'm going to really, really, really even out those stats for every one of you. Like, I'm going to be, when you guys go into battle, I'll be playing a little, little. uh, Sweet, sweet loot (laughs) diddlies. (laughs) Sweet loot diddlies that give you plus five. Attack. I give <laughs> I roll I roll for a sweet loot diddly. Holy crap, it's a nine. You diddly it up. <laughs> That's amazing. Um and he's like, Yeah, so uh since the Trollocs have all been hanging around and you guys are saying that you're going going somewhere else, you're going to Bearlawn? I wanna go to Bearlawn. Sounds cool. I think uh, I was just there. Can't remember. But I'm, yeah. on, I'm on my way. I'm, I'm coming with you. And Lan's like, what the hell? He's literally just like hanging out in the hayloft. And he's just like, <laughs> what, what are you guys saying? An adventure. I'm in. Ding, 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 ding. On an adventure, we will go together. I'm Gleam and Tom. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Lan gets mad. That's like, what? what the hell is this gleam in here? And then he turns to Moraine, like, what are you, you going to do something? And she just goes, it's in the pattern. Borp. <laughs> and in the pattern of the fabric pattern, pattern fabric. Uh, and they basically just sit, they get their stuff together and they head off. And then as they're kind of leaving, they see like a town watch, which is kind of like signifying that. I think the attitude of the town has changed from this happy go lucky sort of Shire like thing to this, to this place that, needs to be protected now mm-hmm. you know i think that's kind of like the pa- that's how i kind of read that little passage is like when they see the town watch it's like where well, they've been attacked we've been attacked and things they'd be ignorant not to they you know they have to they have to and it's kind of like it's there's a it's a point of change for that town and uh i'm sure we'll probably come back to this town and things are going to be changed even even more as like people are a little bit more afraid of the outside world and i think that's going to be kind of a common theme amongst like all the towns in uh, this Twin Rivers area. Yeah. And, and they mention they make a point of mentioning that the dozen or so 
uh, or a couple dozen villagers that are out there patrolling. Like the watch is comprised of villagers. It's not like soldiers. Yeah, no, there's and not. There's no fighters there. They're just kind of. There, there are better no fighters. fighters. They're like better fighters than others, but nobody's like a dedicated soldier. No, but and uh, and they're and all the armor and weapons they're using and stuff. The weapons are makeshift. A lot of them, and the armor is like super old and like dusty. Yeah, yeah, and, like has hasn't been used because they didn't have a need to as much. Yeah, all they've got are like sides for like cutting corn and grass, pitchforks, yeah. pitchforks, you know. You know? A lighter with a bottle of hairspray. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I can do some damage. I can do some real damage. You know, if I wanted to tell and watch, that's one of the only, one of the weapons I want them want them to have. Yeah. So uh, they pass that group of people, and as they're as they're going off, and as the chapter ends, uh, Rand looks to the sky and he sees uh, a drakkar uh, going through the sky. Drakkar. Drakkar. There was a. Um, there was a glossary entry I wanted to get into, but I totally, I totally forgot about it as we were. Oh yeah, we're gonna. Well, we really wanted to do a glossary for Drakkar, which uh, there actually isn't an entry for, but we're gonna, we got a little something, a little Drakkar Susan that we're gonna drop tomorrow. But today, um, we're gonna talk. We're gonna mention the Warder. And, yeah, uh, we we sort of skipped over there, but the Warder is the one who starts mentioning that they can take. Uh, take the gleeman's horse um and then the gleeman's like shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah he's a bit of a badass <laughs> that's my horse um the warder a warrior bounded to an ass today the bonding is a thing of the one power and by it he gains such gifts as quick healing the ability to go long periods without food water or rest and the ability to sense the taint of the dark one at a distance so long as a warder lives the Aes Sedai to whom he is bonded knows he is alive, however far away he is. And when he dies, she will know the moment and manner of his death. While most Ajas believe an Aes Sedai may have one warder bonded to her at a time, the Red Aja refuses to bond any warders at all, while the Green Aja believes an Aes Sedai may bond as many warders as she wishes. Ethically, the warder must accede to the bonding but it has been known to be done involuntarily. What the Aes Sedai gain from the bonding is a closely held secret. Mm. That was a big one. That's a, that's a big one. There's a lot of a lot of things being mentioned here that we're going to have to dive into, uh, specifically the Ajas, which we, we're not going to dive in today, but I, I believe in the next few chapters, that's definitely a group. That's definitely something we're going to look at here. Um, but that wraps up this chapter and that wraps up this week. So, ba- so we're, we're on, we're on the journey. We're starting, we're getting, we're going right. Stats have been, <laughs> have been we're on our horses. We got our party established. Yep. We found the secret hairspray and the lighter. Yep. Hidden in the hayloft, the field. Yep. <laughs> we're ready to go. We're gonna burn some trollocs, I guess. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna burn some trollocs. That uh, that closes the this week for us. So uh, everyone, thank you so much, of course, for listening and sticking with us. And we will be back on Monday with chapter eleven of the Eye of the World. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you.